You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Please forgive the lack of audio quality here as I am recording without my microphone, but I wanted to give a little bit of an intro. This is actually the full press conference audio from Landry Fields on Friday morning, February 9th, the day after the deadline. He took questions on Zoom for about a half hour. I didn't really make any edits of this, so it's just the full audio. So forgive me for that, but I want to get up to you as fast as possible. And uh, here is Landry with questions. You'll hear some facilitation from Billy Hartman of Hawks PR, et cetera, et cetera. And here's what he had to say on Friday. It is good to see most everybody here at Zoom, Zoom land. We don't always have to be on camera. So for those that I can see, hello, and I'm waving at you. Those that I can't, I'm glad you're here. Um, it's uh, uh, it's been it's been a it's been a lot these last few days. Um, I think where I would start is just super proud of our group. Um, the amount of conversations and debates and long nights that we had this past week and just our ability to dialogue um, was really helpful. It was really good uh, for us. And obviously, because I, I, everyone's all thinking or wondering or asking themselves the same things, you know, we didn't, we didn't do anything to this deadline. Um, and for us, what we really wanted to lean into was continued focus on our process, continued focus on development. And with any sort of concept that came in, it's not just the short-term results or the short-term goals, I should say, that we're interested in. It's long-term. So with anything, understanding the second and third and fourth order consequences is very, very important to us because as we're navigating, you know, this league, this space, new cap environment, particular contracts, like all the things and considering all things, there is a lot of nuances and complexities that go into that, as well as the guardrails or the guardrails that we call them of our own DNA, like what is important for us. So if you take the 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 sheer number of opportunities, that will get shrunk into less and less just by who we are, what we stand for, things that we're interested in not just in the short term and the long term as well and it ultimately landed us with not doing anything and i think another part of of this whole equation which is not a not the biggest factor as to why we did anything but there are certain games of the last few weeks that have been really important for us um and not just our team but like individuals right like we've seen an uptick with Onyeka. We've seen an uptick with Jalen Johnson. We've seen an uptick with, with Sadiq Bay. And I can go right down the line, even down to College Park, where you know Kobe Bufkin is, is developing extremely well in that environment. And that's really important for our process, as uh as I made known just with like how Jalen has come up in that. And that's something that for us long term is always going to be an important tool um on how our guys develop. So all things considered, um yeah, we ultimately decided that we weren't going to do anything. Could we have done something? Absolutely. But that would have been short-term results um, that we didn't feel were going to benefit us for the long-term. And that's where we stand here today. So with that opening, I'll, I'll obviously open it up to any questions you may have uh, further. We'll begin with uh, Lauren Williams. Hey, Landry. Um, 
just curious as far as, you know, the goals that you guys had coming in, which has been to uh, build good habits and, and make sure that guys are playing unselfishly, things that are going to be long-term things that help you guys to be a championship team. I'm curious what kind of benchmarks you guys have kind of put in place now um, to kind of say, okay, when we reach X goal, we'll, we'll make this move. When we reach this, we'll do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, so part of that kind of baked into your question is, is the science of it. It's the measurements. It's the things that we value at the end of the day. Some of that stuff is tangible. Some of it is intangible, right? Like we talk a lot about having a competitive spirit. We talk a lot about being unselfish, uh, being connected and unified, um, loving your craft and, and, and owning it. Like those are things that have certain indicators that you can evaluate. They're a little harder to measure for, for certain. But when we see kind of in my opening statement, when you start to see some of those first fruits of it, it's it's really it's exciting. Um, like I, I watching Onyeka the last few games has been really important for us just to see how he's able to switch out on a Jason Tatum and show some defensive versatility and show the aggression to go get those boards like that all that all matters to us. And like you can measure those particular instances for for certain, right? Like, did it result in a contested shot? Not always, like, some players are just so dang good that you can do everything you can and they make shots. So you never want to get caught up in resulting. Um, but you do want to see all the actions that are prior to that, where if you were to look at them over a long period of time, you know you'd be net positive. And so having that approach, the, it, it takes one, patience, <laughs> which is, I know it's, it's, it's tough for everybody in any endeavor, um, but it also takes continuous improvement um, for, for, for those particular things. So uh, that's where, again, you're weighing the long-term and the short-term and we're watching, well, what does this trajectory look like right now off of those types of evaluations? And I think we'll know, like we'll, we'll know when it's time to to move on from from players and we know when it's time to bring in somebody new. But uh, obviously right now, that wasn't the time. This was not the time. And and that being said, I mean, we've kind of seen this team have players that have been rumored to be in the trade deadline in the past and you've held on to them for multitudes of reasonings, whether that's you hope that their value will go up over time. Um, or it, as you mentioned, it's just not the right move at the time. But with DeJounte, I'm curious, how do you guys find that balance of maybe hoping that, you know, his value could go up over time or he fits in the long-term plan? How do you, how do you balance those two things? Um, another good question. I, I'm less interested in maximizing just a player's value in order to make a move for a different player like that is a part of any sports business and i and i certainly understand that but that's also kind of not totally in your control right like if a player goes down an injury something significant you know like what does that do do for a player's value like that's that to me um is not as important as okay placing a value on going to a DeJounte or a Jalen or a Trey Young and saying, hey, here are the areas in which we can continuously improve upon value and all that stuff. That'll take care of itself. What comes before that is like, well, what are you doing to enhance value or what are you not doing to not enhance your value? Um, but we're more interested in like the process, the process of daily habits, 
which we've been, you know, we've talked before on this very thing, like to me, having that as a huge focal point results will take care of themselves in that. And maybe not, you may not see it right away, but again, the trajectory over a long haul, I'm willing to bet that we would be net positive and we would see a more sustainable model of, uh, of that particular thing. And um, I'm more interested in that than I am in just the immediate, like quick, let's just grab for anything talent wise and try to make a play. Like you're going to need talent in this, in this league. I'm fully aware of that. Um, But at the same time, growing from within is really important because that gives us, that gives us, that just gives us a great way. And, um, you know, as you look over in time and you look at across sports at at great organizations, they grow from within and there's a particular DNA structure that they have for that. And that I I am much more interested in than than short-term things, but that requires patience. It really does. Um, I'm right there with you. Sometimes I walk in, I'm like, girl. Wish we were further than we are, but you know what? We've made the guardrails. Um, we have everyone that's bought in. And sometimes like we'll get to a point where, yeah, you got to make changes. Um, but again, wasn't the time to do it this at this point. So I guess when you look at this roster construction, who who would you say that this roster is maybe constructed around and how do you continue to build around them? So this roster is more constructed around the things that we feel are important rather than any one particular player. We'll go to Zach Klein next. Hey Landry, appreciate you, man. Um, in talking to a bunch of guys around the league, they said that you and your front office staff had a lot of deals on the table, but these deals were definitely heavily it favored the opposition because they were hoping to take advantage of the perceived youth and inexperience of this front office staff. Um, how much did you guys learn through this process and maybe the best move was no move at all. And, you know, it's about being patient when, you know, the expectation is to make a move, but again, to stick to your core values and not be, I guess, as uh, someone told me, just the the vultures are out and they were trying to attack. (laughs) That's brilliant. Um, I, I can't speak for other teams and their perceived value of things are, or am I am I going to sit here and judge another team on what they present as if that's some indictment on us as a front office and our perceived youth and inexperience, whatever that may be? Um, were there deals on the table that we said no to? Absolutely, because for us it just didn't make sense for what we're valuing um, and what we're after from our long term vision uh, and. Like that's ultimately where we landed. I wasn't going to sit here and get caught up in that game if that was even a game to begin with. So that's 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 interesting, though. Yeah, it's just to follow up about again. It gets to the point of sticking to the core values and, and not taking a deal just to make a deal stake and make you know the the fan or you know other members just just happy just for you know for deal sake, so to speak. Yeah. No. Uh, sorry. What was the question in there? Just how important and how hard is it to stick to those core values and not make a move when there's pressure and expectation to do such things? Oh yeah, um, it, it. I think it just takes a lot of a lot of belief in what you're doing. Um, and uh, if it was me alone, it would be it would be hard. Like I'm only one human and I'm finite. But when you have a group that galvanizes around and buys into that vision. When there are things that come in, you don't have that internal discord 
at that. Like you've, I've already set, this is what it means to be a hawk. This is what's important. So anything that comes in that needs to be run through that filter and everyone that has bought into that filter, they are here to help in that particular moment because yes, there's going to be pressures from all kinds and of various different sources. But at the end of the day, like we can only be who we can be. And the mistake would be not knowing who you are, what you stand for. And if you truly stand for those things, then yeah, it's going to require really hard conversations. Uh, excuse me, really hard, are really hard. Yeah, well, conversations first and foremost, but then secondarily, um, hard decisions. And sometimes there's decisions in what you do and what you don't do. And that's where I leaned into that. Um, and I, I'm I'm grateful that I have such a supportive staff around me. I'm grateful that me and Quinn and Tony are all aligned in who we are and what it is that we want to do, um, as well as everyone else from Kyle to our you know head of analytics and Dwight. I mean, like I can go right down the line um, where our alignment on who we are and what we value is really important. So thank you. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Charles Odom. Thank you. Um, uh, obviously, every team uh, deals with injuries, but to what extent did uh, injuries uh, this season uh, with uh, DeAndre and Jalen uh, impact your ability uh, to make um, conclusions about this roster construction? And how did that possibly impact decisions you made at trade deadline? Yeah, it's a part of it. Um to your point, injuries are always going to be a part of things. Uh, they're not always in your control. And a lot of times you spend your energies on preventative measures and placing a value on things that you avoid. But it's always hard to judge the value on things that you avoid because you never know like what you ultimately avoid at the end of the day. And uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a part of it because you're looking at really important players that are valuable and you know the impact that they can have on the game. So when they're not there then, you know, it it, it kind of becomes this whole evaluation process. But what is helpful for us is how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you are injured, like, well, how are you attacking your rehab, right? It's the same thing as, well, how are you attacking your game on the court? Those things that come before the results that we're looking for are the focus. Those, when you get those right, again, to Lauren, what we talked about earlier, that is exactly what it is that we're focused on. So um, those things are going to matter regardless of, of the circumstances that you find yourself in because those are consistent. How do you operate in moments of adversity or suffering um, or things that we're going to place value in? So to us, as far as it relates to our roster construction, um, I don't think it was as heavy of an impact um, as some may think. Um, but I do understand you need, you need good players out there to win ball games. Uh, so that was an unfortunate part about that, but for, for us, we don't want to waste that moment either, um, and make sure that we're, we're diligently working and helping those particular players through those circumstances that they're in. Just a quick follow. Um, how is that related also to, uh, the mention you made earlier, uh, to recent gains as you've only recently, uh, had opportunities to see DeAndre and Jalen together. Yeah, I like you see you see some of those those games, and it's not a it's not a great sample size on the season. Um, but there's enough there where you go, oh, that's exciting. Like, can we explore that further? What would that look like over 20, 40, 50 games? 
Um, and then at that point, you know, make a call. Like the, the good news is we have guys that are that are under contract that give us that runway of evaluation um, in order for us to have a large enough sample size to then make an informed decision on what we're doing. Allison? Hey, Landry, when you're talking about the long-term goal, how much do you evaluate getting into the playoffs just beyond the play-in with this group? And does it put more pressure on you when it even just comes in the summer on maybe making bigger moves if you don't get to where you want to get to in the playoffs? Yes. Um, I, I, I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. It's a really good, it's a good question. Um, we would love to go as far as we possibly can in any given season. Um, I, I'd be particularly interested in, well, how did we get there? Right. Like how much can you rely on luck in that particular moment? I I don't want to get caught up in a term that I used before resulting, right? Like if you win 10 games in a row, does that make you a great team? Not necessarily. If you lose 10 games in a row, does that make you a bad team? Not necessarily. What was it that ultimately led to us being in a position of the playoffs of the second round of the conference finals of the finals, right? Like that's really important for us. And that takes a lot of a deep dives. Um, and I think that that's really important for us to make sure where let's say like, if we are a playoff team, that evaluation is going to be crucial. We're going to have to look at, well, why were we quote unquote successful right now? Were, were there habits that led to those results? Awesome. Let's continue on with that. Were they poor habits? And now all of a sudden we're just finding ourselves because other teams got injured. Well, that's a tough call for us. Now we have to look at the sample size that we have before going into at in, at going into any point in time where where you're looking to make changes on your team and then make that decision based off of what you have. And just real quick, when you mentioned long-term, like what is the definition of long-term? Is it one, two, three seasons until you can really say like you found success in the group that you have or need to make changes? Uh, for me, anytime you talk about long-term, it's just talking about do you have a big enough sample size based off what that is? There are certain measurements in any analytics model that will tell you okay 100 200 300 400 possessions of anything like that's a big enough sample size for you to make an informed decision on that to get caught up in one year two year three years it is hard to say i'll just be honest i can't sit here and say hey in three years it's going to be this like that i don't want to lie to you (laughs) and i don't want to that's a bad setup too it's it's more like okay for where we ultimately want to go what kind of sample size do we have for that uh, Ken Segura. Landry, uh, thanks for your time. Um, sample size uh, brings us a good question here. Um, I think a lot, there's been a lot, of, obviously a lot of talk and thought about our Trey and DeJounte working well together. The numbers would suggest that when they're on the floor together, you're not as good a team. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that this pairing is going to work and lead to where do you guys want to go as a franchise? Um, it's a it's a really good question. Um, and I love how you framed it. Like sample size is getting larger and larger and larger. And assuming you're looking at specific lineups and defensive and offensive ratings, which can always be debated as well. Um, yeah, you're starting to see that more and more. And um yeah, I I I I can't lie to you, the numbers speak for for themselves on that. Um, but we're also interested in, well let's say they're on the court together and it's based off of the numbers, it's not working out. Well, why is that? Like, what are things that we can do for them in a development aspect to make it look more like the on-off lineups that I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you're looking at? 
And ultimately, like that, then that lays something that is a bit that is measurable. Those are things now from a development standpoint that you can look at and say, okay, can you progress in these areas? If you can't, then yeah, like those are those are times like that. I'm not saying that's exactly how it's going to happen with any player where you'd have to consider the changes that you know everyone would then be kind of kind of kind of asking and looking for at the end of the day. Um, to follow up on that, are, are you saying like, is there something that you see or know, like if we get this kind of piece, then this will work better? Or I mean, kind of where are like, what is your thinking at this point about what's going to make this work? Piece in terms of what? Like, is there another player that we, like a type of player on the floor that would make that combination work better for? So having Trey and and uh, DeJounte on the floor together, is that going to help us be a better team? Is there one more piece or do we need to play a different style? Is there something that you see now that's going to make you the kind of team that you want to be? Well, as far as another player, I mean, that that's always hard to say. Um, for, for those guys or any particular instance, yeah, it's looking at, okay, why, when it is working on the court, like, why is that successful? Why are we seeing positive results of that? What is it that you're doing? Those would be the things that for us, I think, tie back into a lot of our a lot of our pillars. Like one, what's the competitive spirit in that particular moment? Are we being unselfish? Are we moving the ball? Those things, which, you know, from a past standpoint, you can measure. Like if things get sticky there, then yeah, that's tough. Now the development to make it simple is like, hey, you gotta continuously move the ball and keep the advantage for for the group. Um, and are you willing to do that? Are you not willing to do that? If you are, great then we're going to be better. If you're not, then okay, then we've reached a point or we've reached a ceiling here. Okay. And think about my last question. Like how confident do you feel in, in that and work the two of them working together? I'm sorry. What was, I'm sorry. How confident do you feel that this is going to work out ultimately in the way that you envision? Um, I think that those guys are competitors. I think that at the end of the day, they want to do what they need to do to win. Um, and I would bank on that. I'm, I'm very confident in that. Uh, if that changes, then you'll see changes. Caleb Johnson. Hey, Landry. Um, I wanted to ask you about AJ Griffin and how you view his his value and his development, uh, especially given the fact that he had a big rookie season. He's kind of coming to this year, not really been a part of the rotation, uh, and then hasn't gone down to uh, the G League to get development in that way. So how are you viewing his value and his development process uh, as he hasn't necessarily really been playing. Yeah. Um, I, I, as everyone's well aware, AJ had some personal things that, that he needed to go through, or not needed to go through, but he went through um, this season. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And we wanted to first and foremost make sure that he, AJ the human, is okay. And when we brought him back and he got back into the fold, um, like there was just because he hasn't been in college park, let's say it doesn't mean development wasn't happening. Like there's still things that we're doing pre-practice, during practice, post-practice, pre-game and, uh, and post-game and whatnot. Um, I, at this point you, you will see him be more in college park, just as we're continuously laying out his development pathway, um, to bring it down a little bit more specifically on the defensive end, that's a growth area for AJ. Everyone knows he's an elite shooter, unbelievable shooter um, for for where he's at uh, at this stage of his career. But in order for him to continuously maximize himself and for us to be maximized, we're going to have to lean into the defensive aspect of his game. Uh, and that's where we're going to be focusing on now post-deadline. 
And then uh, just speaking on another player, uh, Trent Forrest has obviously been a guy for you who was able to to provide uh, some some depth, especially as you guys were hit with injuries. Uh, as you're reaching that part of his his two way deal, where you know it could get a little little complicated with the number of games that he's been a part of. Uh, how do you foresee you know his his futures as part of this team and and being a part of that two way contract? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's currently a discussion right now on what it looks like for him in the future. Uh, and that's something that uh, when the team gets back off the trip, you know, we'll have that discussion with Quinn. We'll sit down and figure out what comes next for Trent. Lauren Williams. Hi again, Landry. Um, Quinn has talked a lot about, you know, the, the size that this team has had to face on a night in and night out basis, particularly when injuries have happened. I'm curious what your philosophy is moving forward regarding maybe adding some size to this roster yeah in the nba size and length is always going to be helpful uh it's an important tool um as it relates to just how good players are and just the sheer nature of the game of basketball so it's definitely um a focus of ours it's it's part of our objectives for the future um but right now um obviously we're not making any moves to upgrade in size there's still things we can do right where like there's still a chances to change your roster even post deadline right like there's, there's buyout markets there's tons of things but right now we're focused on our current group but it is something that um i agree with Quinn and we're aligned on like we know that that's something that for us we're gonna have to make sure we're addressing in the future yeah, I was going to, that was my actual follow-up to you talked about the buyout market and I was curious how much you guys kind of evaluated what's out there and and maybe what your thoughts are. Well, it's, um, that's always hard. Well, maybe, I don't know, for us, it always is because you got guys that you have 15 guys on our roster. So if somebody's coming in, somebody's got to go out and with whoever that may be you know like they've done things for us and they've integrated themselves into the group um and it's important for for our culture and you know camaraderie so you're always weighing that versus the player that does come in and like does the player that's coming in are they solving particular uh objectives that we have are they achieving those objectives and also not only that but is it somebody that we can ultimately grow into the future with will be things that we are filtering through um as we make those considerations there's nothing that we're we're doing right now but we're keeping a pulse on that market for sure and then obviously you guys still have the trade player exception from the john collins deal this i know you guys have a, a year to use that so i'm just curious how you plan to kind of use that cap or that flexibility that that created just because we didn't get a chance to see you guys use it at the deadline this year yeah, you know, for certain, yeah, the expiration date on that is important. Um, I believe it's July 8th is when that would extinguish. So we do have some time for that. Um, and it's an important tool. It's a helpful tool as we go into the summer, you know, post-draft, free agency, and when everything kind of comes back into where we have these opportunities to externally change our team. Caleb Johnson. Hey, Landry. Um, I know you said earlier that you didn't want to make any deals that would potentially be like short-sighted or, or for the now and not help you out in the future. Uh, the flip side of that though, were there any uh, thought into maybe we might have to make our team a little bit worse in the current mode in, in order to be better in the future? Is that not something that you were really interested in doing? Um, 
making making our team worse uh, is language that I would never use around our office. I think that a competitive spirit is always going to be at play. Um, and that's always going to be subjective too, right? Like maybe to you, we got worse, but to me, it's like, Hey, we got better. Um, that that's, I, I'm not in, I'm not interested at all in anything that's like tanking or like anything of that type of, of definition right now, because that's always a tricky thing. And I understand when teams have to do that, they have to do that. Um, but I still think that there's this component of your how and your process. And again, the competitiveness that you need to operate by daily, regardless of the talent level that you have. So um, wasn't a thought for us in under that definition. Ken? Yeah, I, I try not to put words in your mouth, but when you say you're talking, I'm like you, you didn't want to make deals, uh, the, the word sacrificing long-term for short-term. And to me, that sounds like we're playing more for 2025, 26 than 24. Is that an accurate way of, of paraphrasing what you're saying? Um, you may you may have to say that a different way. Sure. When but you say that we weren't willing to sacrifice the long term for the short term, uh-huh. it sounds like we don't have as much like we're not we don't have as high aspirations for this season as we do for coming seasons. Oh, I understand what you're saying. No, no, no. What what I mean when I say long term or short term, I I lean more into our valuables, our valuables, our values and um and expectations and things that we place a value on for us. Where, if like hypothetically speaking, if you have a player that comes in that has really really tough intel, I guess you could say, but they're uber talented. Like that's not that may help us in the short term, right? But the moment that starts to seep in and like that type of personality or character enters the mix, then that could have damages that be, go beyond just this season. And what are they? Can you envision this team without Trey on it? Going not like in the future? I haven't even sat here and thought about that. I'm focused on what we got. <laughs>